It's so awesome that we believe that, isn't it? That we don't come here today wondering or questioning who is God, why did He come, do we have a relationship with Him, can we be sure we're saved? Do we believe in the Holy Spirit who brings us to faith and keeps us in the faith? Yes, we believe all that. And I'm here to tell you, if you have any tinge of doubt, you're in a good place. If what we just sang, there's some part of you that says, you know, I'm not sure I really believe all that stuff, that's okay. Uh, we're here to help one another along and, and to squell and squelch our doubts as we hear the proclamation of the Word of God. And you've heard me say this many times down through the years, but I want to encourage you once again. When you have doubts about the faith, the best place to be is right here. Amen? Best place to be is right here. So oftentimes when Satan assails us with doubts, we oftentimes check out of the faith. We don't read the Word of God. We don't talk to other Christians about it. We feel so ashamed or feel so distant. And many times that happens when things go wrong in our lives. And things are going to go wrong in our lives, right? Amen? Things are going to go wrong. And when those things go wrong, the place to go is to be in God's house. And to affirm one another in that faith and encourage one another along the journey. I look at church as an opportunity for us to tell one another, keep running the race to eternal life. And you're not going to hear that anywhere else. You're not going to hear that in schools. You're not going to hear that in the workplace. You're not going to hear that on TV. You're not going to hear that from the secular media. They're not going to tell you any of that stuff. As a matter of fact, they're going to tell you, you really don't need God. You don't need Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you, we need Jesus Christ desperately. Amen? I haven't started my sermon yet. I just wanted to tell you that stuff, okay? So, okay. So, Romans 5, 7, and 8. Now, we're going to be talking about a double freedom today, and this text talks about that double freedom. See if you can see it. Romans 5, 7, and 8, for one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I sometimes wonder why we take for granted the two freedoms that we have as citizens of the United States. And when I talk about the two freedoms we have as citizens of the United States, I'm talking about being citizens of this country those who live in the land of the free and the home of the brave, those who are citizens of the United States, we are free. We are free to worship, free to go where we want, free to work where we want, free to treat others with love and respect and kindness. We live in a free land. We are blessed to live in this free land, but sometimes we take that freedom, you fill in the blank for granted. Do we not? I know I do. The second kind of freedom we want to talk about today is the freedom that we have as children of God. We're going to talk a lot more about that later. But I want to ask you, why do we oftentimes take these kinds of freedoms for granted? Maybe part of the reason is many of us have not been in any kind of war here. We've lived in perfect freedom all our lives. We haven't had bullets coming over our heads like in the Middle East when we get out of our households, and that's a huge blessing. Many of us have not been threatened in any way. None of us have had to defend ourselves 
at least if we're citizens of the United States, not military of the United States, we haven't had to defend ourselves against some foreign agency. And as a result of that, we sometimes take our freedoms for granted. Many of us have not been in any kind of war. Some of us don't understand what it took for those freedoms to be ours. And so I want you to think about what is it that causes us so oftentimes to take for granted the freedoms we have both as citizens of this country and citizens of the kingdom of God? What is it that causes us? What's the bottom line reason so many times we take those freedoms for granted? Let me tell you what it is. It's oftentimes we forget the great price that was paid for our freedoms. That's the bottom line answer. When I think about the freedom I have as a follower of Jesus Christ, I forget about the price that was paid in order for me to have that freedom. When I think about the freedom I have as a citizen of this country, I forget about the price that was paid in order for me to have that freedom. This text says it so beautifully when it says, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person one might dare possibly even to die. And when I hear that verse, I think of our military, who oftentimes were willing to put their lives on the line in order for us to enjoy the freedoms that we have today. Those who were in the military oftentimes went overseas and fought, and some were wounded, some came back unharmed, and yes, some paid the ultimate price by laying down their life and dying in our place. And I want to ask us, as citizens of this country who are not part of the military, why did they do that? We could say they did it out of love for country, they did it out of love for our freedoms, but many of them, if not all of them, did that out of love for all of us, so that we can sit and stand in the greatest country in the history of the planet, the United States of America. And if we are thankful to live in the United States of America, would you raise your hands today and say, thank you, Jesus? Would you say that right now? Thank you, Jesus. We are blessed. Have you been to Mexico? Would you turn me down just a little bit? Have have we been to Mexico? Have we been to India? Have we been to some of these places where people don't know if they're going to be able to eat the next day? Where people don't know if they're going to be living the next day, especially if they live in the Middle East? We are so blessed to live in this country. And when I hear people bash our country, our government, our policies, our values, so many of those things that make America great, I sometimes wonder, have we been to other places and seen how other people live? I'll never forget when I went to India years ago, and I was there for three weeks, and I literally came back, got off the airplane in Detroit, Michigan, and kissed the ground, literally, of Detroit, Michigan. You're saying, Detroit, Michigan? Yes, because Detroit, Michigan looked so good to me compared to where I was. We are blessed to live in the land of the free and the home of the brave, and it came at a great price. How many of you have seen Saving Private Ryan? Raise your hand. Okay, I I let my son, my 14-year-old son, see that movie about about six months ago. And I said, I want you to understand the great price that was paid for us to have the freedoms we have as by virtue of what those World World War II vets did for us because they did some amazing stuff. And many of you know that movie is very graphic. 
And what that movie is about is a lady who lost her two sons in World War II, and now a third son was behind enemy lines. And the governmental leaders realized, we need to get him out so that she doesn't lose a third son. And so Captain Miller, played by Tom Hanks, it was his job to go behind enemy lines, find Private Ryan, and bring him back safely. Well, they got behind enemy lines, and they were in a, a horrible skirmish, and right before Captain Miller died, he looked at Private Ryan and said, make it count. Make it count. Fifty years passed, and at the end of the movie, Private Ryan, now 85 years old, knelt at the graveside of the man who had given up his life in order that he might have the freedoms that he enjoyed for the following 50 years. I want to do something very special right now. I want to have all you who are veterans, either former, present, or maybe even future veterans, would you please stand up so we can recognize you right now? Please stand and turn up the house lights so we can see them. I learned something that I didn't know before. We as civilians, United States citizens who are not part of the military nor have ever been, we cannot salute these guys because we haven't earned it. But you know what we can do? From the bottom of my heart, I'm so thankful for what they've done. And I want to tell them today that I am thankful. I'm thankful to live in this country. I'm thankful to be your pastor. I'm thankful for your sacrifice. So once again, would you kindly stand? And for those of us who um, are not members of the military, just put your hands over your hearts in gratitude for what God has done, and then let's clap for them once again. Please stand, vets. Please stand. Now I have to continue, and that kind of stinks. <laughs> wow. So that's the first freedom, the freedom that we have to live in this country and to be thankful, thankful and grateful to God for living in this country. Don't ever find yourself complaining or whining or moaning about the United States of America. And every time you feel like complaining about it, count your blessings. Every time another negative word about our government comes... Count your blessings. And thank God for those veterans who in many cases have lost their life so that we have the freedoms we enjoy today. The second freedom I want to talk about today is the freedoms we have as members of the kingdom of God, the freedoms that we have as citizens of heaven. This is what the Bible says. God shows his own love for us in this. Now, a lot of people would say that God shows his own love for us in this and that I got a raise at work. Or God shows his own love for us in this and that he took away my sicknesses. Or God shows his own love for us in this, he took away my problems. Or God 
shows his love for us in this. My parents didn't get a divorce. The problem is we do get sick. The problem is we do lose our jobs. The problem is our parents do get divorces. The problem is we oftentimes lose loved ones. And so that's not where the love of God is found. And if you're looking for the love of God in all those different circumstances of life, the Bible says clearly that we must, through much tribulation, enter the kingdom of heaven. How many of you have had an easy life? Raise your hand. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. How many of you have had a tough life? Raise your hand at one time or another. You've been through struggles and trials and difficulties? Yeah. And in the middle of that, did Satan kind of enter in and say, where's your God now? God doesn't love you, does he? Because if God loved you, this would have never happened. If God loved you, this accident wouldn't have occurred. If God loved you, your parents would have stayed together. If God loved you, your mom and dad wouldn't have gotten a divorce. If God loved you, your grandpa wouldn't have died. The love of God is not found in the daily circumstances of life. This text says powerfully, boldly, and prophetically, for God shows his own love for us in this while we were still, what? You say it. Sinners. Hmm. Tough word to hear. I saw sin displayed just the other day at McDonald's. Doesn't it drive you crazy when you go to McDonald's and they got that every other thing at the window, you know? And, and people are supposed to take turns, you know, one, one car after another, right? You're supposed to kind of intersperse. This car orders, now they go. This car orders, now they go. And you're supposed to take turns. Has anybody ever cut you off in that line? You ever had that happen? How do you feel about that? I've had that happen so many times where it's my turn. It's my turn now, you know? And the people in front of me just kind of go ahead, you know, go ahead. They don't even look at me. You know what I did this last time? I honked. As a guy was passing by me, I honked. All of a sudden, he turns around. I go, what are you doing? It's my turn. He goes, sorry, sorry. Did he back up so I could get in? No. No, and he could have. I thought, wow, what a sinner. Just like me. Just like you. You see, sin is not a flaw or a shortcoming or just a blemish on our record. It's a transgression against God's holy law. And try as we may to try to escape our sinful condition, we simply can't. It clings to us like damp clothes on a humid day. And we ask God to forgive us, and we ask God still to include us in his kingdom, and we ask God to still make us his citizens, and the marvelous thing is, he does. Do you know why? God showed his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, what? Jesus Christ died for us. That's where the love of God is found. Let me emphasize that again. That's where the love of God is found. You need look no further than the cross and the cradle and the empty tomb of our Lord Jesus Christ to see the love of God manifest for you. Because while we're still sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. He didn't have to do it. He did it willingly. Like a lamb before its shearers is silent, he did not open his mouth when he was in front of Herod 
and Pilate and the religious leaders, all he had to do was say a word, perform a miracle, and he would have been off. But he was willing to go to the cross and suffer and bleed and die for our sins to make us right with God. And as a result of what he's done, we're citizens of heaven. We're heirs of the kingdom. Our sins are forgiven. This is what makes us truly thankful. And this is the greatest citizenship of all. To know that our name is written in the book of life. To know that when we mess up, and we mess up all the time. How many of you mess up all the time? Raise your hand with me. Okay, I mess up. We mess up. Jesus Christ died for our mess-ups. He shed his blood for our wrongs. He was crucified and received the wrath of God for our transgressions. He died once, the just one, for we who are unjust, in order that he might bring us to God. This is love. Not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. That's where the love of God is found. I want to emphasize to you once again, just because tragedy and difficulty happens in your life, and by the way, we heard five powerful testimonies in the parish hall about difficulties that people have been through, but how Jesus brought them through all of it and helped them recognize that the greatest love of all is the love of Christ for us sinners. And so we want you to know that the greatest love for you was Christ and Him crucified the wrath of God being laid on his son, the sin of every one of us being carried by the Lamb of God in order that we might have this citizenship, this freedom. And when we talk about freedom today, we're not talking about, um, you know, freedom to go where we want or do what we want or to marry who we want. We're talking about spiritual freedom. We're talking about freedom from the guilt of sin. Any of you feel guilty about your sin today? You don't have to carry that guilt anymore. Jesus Christ laid down his life for that sin. You don't have to carry the guilt. It's been covered by the blood of Christ. God looks at you. He knows all about you. But do you know what he still says about you? You're mine. I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. Freedom from the fear of death we have. When we walk through the dark valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to be frightened of where we're going to go. I've had many people say down through the years, I'm not afraid of where I'm going to go. I'm just afraid of the process of death. And that can be said about many of us. But as far as being afraid of death, we don't have to be afraid of it because we're free. I said it before and I'll say it again. What do we do with this? Knowing that we have these two freedoms, freedoms as citizens of the United States, freedoms as citizens of heaven, what do we do with this? We have a grateful heart. We go through life with gratitude. We go through life not complaining or whining or moaning about the lot of our life, but thanking God for every blessing he's given us. Thanking God for the freedoms we have to live in this country. Thankful to God for the freedoms we have as citizens of heaven And every time you feel like God has not been fair or God has dealt you an unfair shake, look no further than the cross and see the great freedom that Jesus Christ has given to every one of us by faith in what he's done. Because he's done it all. I've shared this with you before and I'll share it again. 
There's two things that oftentimes get me out of the dumps when I start feeling sorry for myself. Do any of you ever start feeling sorry for yourself about life? You have that, you know? Things not right, things not fair, this didn't go right, you know, and we start to have a pity party, right? And then we ask people to come around and put, we ask Jason to play the violin, you know, that kind of thing, you know? I'll tell you what gets me out of it every time, every time to recognize what God says in this verse, that despite my sin, Jesus Christ died for me, and I'm okay with God, and I'm headed to heaven, and my sins are forgiven, and I'm at peace with God, and God will never leave nor forsake me. That gives me great joy. And the second thing, not near as important, is the fact that I live here and not Mexico. Or I live here and not Canada. Or I live here and not India. Because if you've been other places, you know we are blessed to be citizens of the United States. Amen? I'm not saying you're not going to get down in the dumps. You're not going to go through depressions. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, and psychologists and clinical doctors have discovered that the thing that adds more longevity to your life than anything else is a grateful heart. A grateful heart. I don't know about you, but I am grateful for two things today. The freedom that I have as a citizen in the United States and the freedom that I have because of Jesus Christ. And we walk out of this place with great joy and gratitude because of those two freedoms. Oh, Heavenly Father, how blessed we are to live in this country. How blessed we are to know you as our God and your Son as our Savior. Forgive us for the times when we take these freedoms for granted. Forgetting about the high price that was paid in order for us to have them. And God, let us go along in life then, thankful, grateful, lifting up our praises to you for these two freedoms, knowing indeed that the greatest freedom of all, when we're in heaven with you, is yet to come. In the precious name of you, Lord Jesus Christ, we pray all these things. Amen.